Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode 104. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. I'm here with Kona, the podcast dog, who is maybe a little too close to the microphone at the moment. So if you hear some sniffing, that's what that is. I hope everyone was able to make the most out of the the Halloween weekend. What a bizarre one it was this year. I have to say, I, I did get a little bit of the sads. I, I, I carved a pumpkin, had it out. I think I had one trick-or-treater. And around 8.30, I, I took the dog for a walk. And uh, it was crazy. There's nobody on the streets, and, and which it should be. It should be like that right now. But I have to say it felt weird and, you know, made me think about all the good times I had as a kid uh, on Halloween. And, and I, I did feel bad. And there was barely any houses that even had pumpkins out. And then there were a few houses that, that went all out still. And it just felt like there was nobody there to appreciate it. And, I mean, I'm pretty good at being a realist during this whole pandemic but I have to say during the holidays is, is when I do feel it but for me I think the optimistic way to look at this is is when we can celebrate again and when we can all be together for the holidays I think we're going to appreciate it that much more and I mean me personally I think I've already learned to not take family time and time together for granted because it can be now we've learned it can be taken away from us But anyways, I hope you are still able to make the most out of Halloween. If you had young kids, I hope they were still able to dress up and have some fun and eat some candy. And now today, we've got some candy for your ears. And that's because we've got Mr. Spencer Burton on the podcast. Spencer is a folk country-ish type of artist. Canadiana is how you might best describe it. But you might also remember him from his work in Attack and Black back in the day. He was the guitarist of that band. Uh, he was also a touring musician for City and Color. Of course, that's Mr. Dallas Green's band. And now he's working with Dallas again, this time as part of Dallas's new record label, Still Records, which Spencer just recently signed to. And he's released two singles that are called Further and Memories We Won't Soon Forget, which we talk about in the interview. He's also got a new single coming out soon, and there is an album in the works. So we've had another first for the Adamantium podcast when it comes to location. This time we recorded the podcast on Spencer's farm. So I got to meet the uh, the pigs and the chickens before we did the interview. And we hung out outside the farm. And uh, I burnt my jacket on Spencer's space heater. But other than that, nothing but good times and good vibes were had. And Spencer is a cool and, and, and very interesting character because he... You know, he knows what the tour life is like and what city life is like, but he, you know, prefers and has chosen this life out in the country and on the farm. And uh, it was very cool for me to see an experience as someone who's born and raised in the city. And uh, I just really enjoyed my time out there and chatting with Spencer. So thank you again for having me out. But I do have to apologize to you, the listeners, real quick, because I kind of dropped the ball a little bit and didn't realize that the space heater also was leaving a bit of a hissing noise in the background. I guess one of the trickiest bits of of uh, producing this show by myself is that, you know, I've got so much on my mind, especially day of the interview, getting everything ready that uh, I didn't even it didn't even register with me that the, the space heater was leaving a noise. And I did my best in post to uh, reduce that hissing noise in the background but it is still there a bit so I hope it doesn't bother you too much 
And if you are new to Spencer Burton's music, well then the next segment will come in handy and that's the Adamantium Recommend segment. So it's five songs recommended by myself for you to check out before or after the interview, if you so please. So my first two recommendations are Spencer's brand new singles. Uh, The first is called Further and it might actually be my favorite song of his. The second is called Memories We Won't Soon Forget. And then going back to his previous album, Songs Of, I recommend the songs End of Summer and Unmistakable Love. And lastly, the last song I'm going to recommend is actually a children's song, because Spencer did a children's album, which we actually talk a lot about in the interview. And the song is called The Mountain Man, and it's a lot of fun. And actually, we've been lucky enough that Spencer gave us permission to share his single Further on the podcast for you to listen to before the interview. So here it is. This is the song Further by Spencer Burton.
What a great tune and a great message behind it as well. I hope you guys enjoyed further as much as, as I do. And just before we do get into the interview, if you are listening to the Adamantium podcast for the first time today, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope to have you back. And of course, you can do so by hitting that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. You can also follow the Adamantium on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and we're on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. So thank you, all you Adam Antimaniacs, for tuning in today. Let's introduce you to Spencer Burton right here on episode 104 of the Adamantium podcast. Have a great week, everyone. Stay warm, stay safe, and you will hear again from us soon. Say bye, Kona. We're here with Spencer Burton. Thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for having me. And I was saying before, this year actually we've done, uh, there's been a lot of firsts for settings because of, you know, with COVID, we've been doing a few in person, but, uh, you know, we've we've done like picnics, we've done front porches, and now this is our first uh, farm podcast. First on the farm. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we'll paint a little picture for the the viewers here. Yeah. First on the farm, first first snow of the year, too. Is that is that snow? I think it's just a it's a, it's a light slush, but it's uh, yeah. oh, it's definitely a snow. You're right. Yeah. yeah, actually, you are right. Yeah, it was raining on my way here. The irony in that is that we pushed this a week. It was supposed to be last because it was calling right. for thunderstorms. Right. And, and then it, last Friday it turned out to be like 25 degrees. It was and sunny. Oh, it was gorgeous. And now the irony is you know what, today I, I is actually, two degrees. <laughs> I actually kind of uh, I was uh, I, I shouldn't say I was glad it didn't happen, but. Uh, you canceled because of the thunderstorms, and then a buddy of mine in Paris, Ontario, called me like almost right after we had canceled, and invited me to go waterfowl hunting with him. Oh, uh, that morning, and it was like so beautiful. It was one of the most beautiful mornings of where, my life. Where, where did you do that? Uh, he's, he had like a private access to a in Paris, in Paris on okay. a farm somewhere with a big, beautiful like pond lake. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, so well, it, that would have been a one, perfect day one of the most it. beautiful mornings of of my entire life, it, but. Um, had we done the interview, I wouldn't have been able to go. Right, so. do it. So yeah. there you go. You're, I, I actually ended up coming out this way anyways because the same cousin that I'm oh. going to see afterwards. I said, you know, we might as well take advantage of this nice day and finish work early. Yeah. And we went yeah. out for. It's ain't a bad day though. No, no, not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. It's just a little ironic that I pushed it because of weather, and right. this weather's much worse than it it's was. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some irony in there. But uh, I did see a little bit of the farm. I did get a sneak peek because I was uh, I was going through the your YouTube channel a little bit. Oh yeah. Last night. What I, what I love about your YouTube channel is so different from a right like most artists YouTube channel because there's your music's on there but then there's also videos on like how to grow carrots and how to raise <laughs> turkeys and to me, I almost I got stuck more in that because I'm I'm from yeah. like born and raised in midtown Toronto right so that to me is like foreign you know well I mean I'm not saying those videos I put up are are the be all end all of uh, of growing carrots and raising, yeah. <laughs> raising animals and stuff but I thought this is probably something somebody might want to know well, about some, there's someone like I was saying like someone for me that's like it's almost like to, it's, it is news because I don't yeah. know I wouldn't know a thing about raising turkeys right. you know? and you know it, it, during during the end of the world it's uh, it's good knowledge to have it's true yeah, yeah. It, even uh, about a year ago I was visiting some family in Ireland 
and my like great I guess he's a second cousin or something had just uh, bought some chickens because he wanted fresh eggs. Right. And I was like, has he, like, has he lost his ro- rocker? He's grew- having chickens in his backyard? And now I was like, no, it, it's, it's more normal than it is for I, us to be. You know what? Even as a guy who sells eggs out of the, like, at the end of my driveway. Yeah. And uh, not that it's, like, a, a heavy source of income that, like, helps my family, but right. um, even as a person who sells them, and, and, you know, makes the odd $5 here and there, I, I still tell everybody that comes to my door for eggs that they're fools if they don't buy their own chickens. Right. You know, it's three birds in your backyard is going to, essentially, you and a family of four give you enough eggs for, you know, the rest of eternity. Yeah. And you're getting delicious, uh, healthy, nutrient-filled, free-range eggs. I mean, granted, you're raising free range, which I think everyone with a backyard would do. Right. Uh, but they, uh, you know, they're they're eating their own, they eat bugs and pests out of your yard, and they help clean up certain things, and they're cool little pets, and they're pets that give you something. Yeah. And then you're also, by raising chickens, you're, uh, you know, kind of, in a way, keeping the birds out of the factory farms. I mean, there's probably always going to be a demand for that, but... Yeah. Say everyone on Earth had mm-hmm. three chickens in their backyard, there wouldn't be, and... Uh, I think that's the, that's the big problem with yeah. uh, a lot of, you know, it's, when I talk to vegetarians and vegans and uh, whatnot, who, uh, you know, I was vegetarian and vegan for many, many years, uh, but when you talk to them, it's, it's always about the, the inhumane and, uh, you know, the suffering, the, the bad way that animals are treated. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, a chicken, I have these chickens in my backyard, and I've had a few friends, I've actually convinced a few friends who don't eat eggs to eat eggs, but from here, because... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you if you have a chicken in your backyard and they lay eggs and you don't collect them, yeah, those eggs sit there, they eventually rot, they eventually explode, yeah, no... and then they cause harm to the chicken themselves. Where it's like this chicken is like you treat the chicken well, and the chicken gives you something in return. Yeah, so it's a it's a beautiful relationship. Yeah, if you can make it work and you have the space to do so, but. Um, yeah, I think I think everyone should have chickens. You yeah, do. well, as soon as you taste the eggs, you get it too. That's well, a, it's that's different. A, I mean, we've all read the articles and we've all had had the heard the talk before, but uh, the difference between a store bought egg and a and an egg raised at your own home is it's almost uh, uncomparable. It's yeah, like it's you like get this this thing. flat <laughs> yellow uh, runny yolk from the grocery store, and when you raise them here, the 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 whites are firmer, the yolk is firmer, it's raised. And it's dark orange, so it's yeah. just like a completely different thing. It tastes different. It feels better in your mouth. It's like there's there's so many. I mean, I'm I'm not a scientist, but I'm pretty, <laughs> sure, I'm pretty sure the the nutritional value of like a, a homegrown I'm egg, especially sure, one from yeah. a free range chicken who's going around and eating bugs and grains and mm-hmm. grass and all these things in the yard, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot better for you. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the difference between uh, grass fed beef and beef that's raised in a barn eating corn its whole life. Right. There's a there's a, a, a better nutritional content in the meat. Absolutely. So tell me, I mean, we just, we, we'll talk about the music. Yeah, yeah, well, music too, is you've cool. Got, yeah, <laughs> you've, you've got two new singles out. And so tell me what it's like now uh, writing music out here mm-hmm. on your own compared to, you know, say when you were in Attack and Black and, and working, I, I'm assuming you were in the city at that time. And Yeah, I was in various cities. I mean, when I was in that band, I was young and mm-hmm. we, we played so often that I was never even really anywhere other right. than with the same on the road. guys on the road. Um, but living here, I don't know, living here, music comes easier, mm-hmm. but it also comes harder because there's 
more obstacles in my way. You okay. know, when I was just like a touring musician and that's all I did. Right. All you really had was the music. Yeah. But now here I've got family, mm-hmm. kids, I got a dog, I got chickens and pigs and turkeys to take care of, I got acres to mow and cut and veggies to tend to and bugs to hit off the plants and there's a lot more to do mm-hmm. instead of just being like, all I got to do is write music. Mm-hmm. So there are difficulties, but I also find this lifestyle a lot more inspiring. So, you know, I don't even know what the hell I used to write songs about, but now I, I think my songs are a little more wholesome and have a little more value to them. Because, okay. Or at least to me. Yeah. Uh, just because of what I'm writing about. And, and even, uh, you know, the, the two newest singles, um, you can tell that they're very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, we can start. Let's start with the song further mm-hmm. that that uh, that you released, and that's. Um, I even I even wrote down a couple quotes that I had read about it. Okay. Um, and it's it's kind of about the, the world's kind of downward spiral on on using its own resources and every everything that's going on, especially right now. Um, but there was a quote that I that kind of stuck with me. And is that uh, we need to become equal parts with Earth and humanity without causing damage to one another? Right. So can you expand a little bit on that and, and, and basically what, what you were feeling when you wrote that song? There, I mean, there's not, I don't know how much I can expand on it. It speaks for itself in a way. And I always have this thing, and I've, I've, I've always lived by this rule where I don't really talk about the song because I want it to uh, uh, mean what Some, it, yeah. something to each individual, and I don't want them to be jaded by my point of view. But um, at the same time, I realized it doesn't always work. So, uh, well, what, I, or what, do you I guess what, the moment you felt you needed well, the, to write this song? It's it. I wrote the song a long time ago. Believe it or not, this song. I think I wrote this song at the beginning of 2019 or at the end of 2018. Okay. And uh, and it, it's just. I mean, it, like you said, it's it's like we we keep. I don't even think we, as in you and I, or like mm. the majority of people, but there are people on this planet are taking advantage of this planet and mm-hmm. it just it just keeps happening over and over and over again and it's like it's it, it, it's bothersome because it's been a recurring issue since well I mean like I I don't know I listen to artists from you know 50s 60s 70s 80s and it seems to be a recurring issue even then mm-hmm. right so it's it's uh it, it's almost sometimes it feels pointless to sing about because it's like well when will it change you know mm-hmm. however um now it seems that there is a bit of an uprising in this new generation where they're taking into consideration not mm-hmm. only the planet but the people on the planet and you know uh, uh, the rights of the people and j- just the fact that I guess people have started to notice that there is a lot of awful in- inequalities yeah. going on um, again not just between people but the planet and people right yeah so um, you know I guess that it's always just been something I felt strongly about, so I right. wanted to write a song about it. Do you think even like uh, it'll evoke a lot of change coming from this year, like dealing with this pandemic? I still haven't figured out if this pandemic is a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, but um, you know, people have been staying home, and because of that, they've had a lot of time to think. Yeah, I believe, and uh, you know, I don't. I don't think humanity is bad I think we're forced into being mm-hmm. bad okay because of the way we've been forced to live for hundreds of years essentially right, right? Okay. like uh, but there's been a break now yeah and all of a sudden people are realizing like wait a minute like there's you know this guy's making billions of dollars and 
and I'm making minimum wage, and mm-hmm. he's staying at home safe, and I'm not. And, yes, yeah. Uh, you know, like these people and those people, and everyone, you know, no one's being like we, no one's being treated properly. Mm-hmm. And you know, you start noticing. I mean, the Earth is pandemic or not, the Earth is speaking to us and saying, like, oh, it's you're hurting me, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, I, I think it's time for a change. I don't know how the hell that change is going to happen, especially right. since we've been all singing about it and talking about it for. 60, mm-hmm. 70 years now, but yeah. uh, something needs to change. Right. I, I mean, I even see, I see some change. I mean, obviously there won't, but even, even in some companies and stuff, they are, you know, at, with this break, like you mm-hmm. said, now we've, we've kind of been forced to take a step back. Yeah. And I think with, even with people like working from home now and stuff, I think companies have realized they don't necessarily need to resource certain ways. Yeah. And there is a way to reevaluate and, um, you know, you'd like to think head of companies are sometimes responsible, <laughs> but well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's all, it's all up in the air and it's hard well, yeah, to right. really figure out what's There's going no on. Way, cause, yeah. Cause you know, it's, you say these things in these, these companies, but the, the, the bad word in, in the bad word that you kept repeating is company, right? right like think these, these corporations and companies like, oh yeah, like, yeah, like, fuck, do we want, do they want to change things or are they seeing an opportunity to make Just, more money by saying they want to save change things, money right? right or save money or whatever save cost, right like yeah, yeah so it's, it's true it's um but hey i mean if it's beneficial then by all means save costs if we're all benefiting from it but yeah it's true um and then it goes to tell when you know when this is all over will they go back to their old ways or keep with yeah yeah yeah, yeah, you're right. It's 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 all up in the air. It's a heavy topic, and it can go. The, the problem is, it can just go on forever and ever and ever until it just turns into complaining. Right. Because it's tough to make a change. Yeah. Unless everyone's willing unless to do so, and there's yeah. not a lot, or there's, there's a lot of people that want to, but there's also not a, a lot of even, people who don't. Even want just to. dealing with this kind of, a friend of mine brought it up a week ago, and was like, if we all just really truly say quarantined for like. Three weeks. Yeah. Every single person stayed at home yeah. for like three weeks. Could we be rid of this thing for in like sure. three weeks? For, for sure. But the problem is, is well, fuck that. You know, right? Like, oh, oh, I will do whatever I want. Like this yeah. is my life. Like that's like, God, man, just chill out. It's just not that. It's like people again. People are noticing a lot of problems with the earth, but then there's a lot of people out there who don't want to accept the problems and find problems in the little mm-hmm. things that. Uh, because they can, they can, they don't really want to stand for anything other than themselves. Right. So it's right. like you know, I don't, I don't want to march for Black Lives Matter, but I do want to say fuck wearing this mask. You know? Yeah. So it's yeah. like it's like the, the, both of those things I said were through the eyes of somebody else for the record. Right. Um, right. But they, uh, um, it's like people just they they need something. Everyone needs something to be passionate about. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that there's a lot of people on this planet who. Uh, are passionate about silly things, right? And I, and I, I don't, you know, I, I obviously don't throw anyone, but I, I have seen people that I have known through life, like say on Facebook, that are constantly posting about uh, not wearing a mask or taking a stand, and it's all about like government control. And like, like, I mean, for one, I don't get how wearing a mask is at all like I, <laughs> controlling. I mean, it doesn't benefit. They're not benefiting from the, the economy closing either, yeah. you know. Like I, I think I mentioned to you earlier off of, off, off mic that yeah, uh, yeah. that I owned uh, as a hobby on a vintage clothing store. Yeah, you know we open up like one day a week kind of thing. Uh, basically, it's honestly it's a place 
for me to go to be at peace and like write some songs. It's yeah, not, it's not a busy store, but um, I have people come in every now and again who aren't wearing masks, yeah. and I say, oh, you got to put on a Too mask, guy. Yeah, yeah. And they go, oh, I got medical conditions, and it's like, listen, yeah, I I spend like two hundred plus dollars a month on asthma medication yeah. because I'm so heavily asthmatic. And I'm still, and I'm wearing a mask. Yeah. You know, it's like it's not a big deal. It doesn't suffocate me. Yeah, and and for one, you're coming in and out of the store. You have to wear it all day. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's just like it's not a big deal. Like, just, yeah. it, there, I I don't think I would really like. I mean, and to save you know save myself from sounding like a prick here, I'd really like to actually meet somebody who is is med like so medically inclined that they can't wear a mask over their face for 20 minutes. For like, 20, if yeah, they right. really are that sick. I'd like to know what that sickness is and like because I know a lot of people who you know emphysema like it's like mm-hmm. you know like lung cancer like I've, I've met many people in my day who have had terrible things but they'll still wear a scarf in the wintertime over their face right yeah <laughs> it's just I don't know I could complain about it that comes, forever right. but least, I mean yeah. at the end of the day it comes down to selfishness it does absolutely yeah, it, does, it does yeah um and let's let's uh, you know going into even and your, your most recent single Memories We Won't Forget mm-hmm. um same but but different um, about greed and, and change and loss and it was uh, what I found fascinating about the song is even uh, you know I, I like to try when I'm interviewing an artist I do try and you know forget about everything else and immerse myself in what music right. I'm listening to okay. and I, I did find myself reminiscing even me who comes comes from the city I'm born and raised in, in midtown Toronto I, I can't say downtown because right. anyone south of Bloor doesn't consider okay. where, where I am downtown um, but now I, I'm actually in one of the most developing areas of Toronto right. and even I find myself reminiscing it's almost what I how I just thought of the song myself was like melancholically uh, uh, nostalgic yeah. And I find nostalgia. I always find is one of the absolute most powerful tools in, in any kind of media or anything. Yeah. And uh, but I found it re- me reminiscing about my my childhood or youth growing up where I did. Right. But almost in it had a bit of a sadness because everything's changing. Like even where I had my first job in a boutique store, that's gone now for a mega condo. Well, that's stuff. just it. It's like it's like dri- I, I I drove like I drive a lot and mm-hmm. I like just taking nice drives and uh, and it's like. I'll 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 drive you know back roads from here to London yeah uh, to visit family or something and there used to be so many beautiful fields that I'd see groups of deer in or turkeys running wild turkeys running around or something right like I love wildlife and uh, and now it's just some conditions a lot uh, yeah a lot <laughs> or something yeah. right and uh, and I'll be uh, I was visiting uh, Kelowna British Columbia mm-hmm. last year year before last year and. Uh, that's where I grew up there. Yeah. So, um, so I was out there, and there was this place called the McClure Path, um, and it's where all the kids would go after school if they had to do a fight, or, uh, or um, you know, like read nudie magazines okay, or smoke yeah, weed. Yeah, yeah. It was like the the place to go, and uh, and fuck, I, it's it's all just ha- it's, it's it, this place was kind of had a, I had a special special place in my heart for it because it's the first and only place I ever got in a fist fight. Okay. Um, I'm not a fighter by any means. Yeah. But you're yeah. Young and kids pressure you into that shit yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, we've all I'm, been there I'm not going to say who won the fight <laughs> it, was, it was me but um, that's only because uh, the guy was much smaller than <laughs> he's, he's the one who wanted to fight not me he, regardless um, it was the first place I ever fought it was the first place I ever found a nudie magazine underneath a log okay you know it was like it was a, it was a cool place where I was to hang out and I, I was driving by there because I wanted it was right near my home and, uh, that I grew up and I wanted to go see 
I wanted to go see my old house, and then, uh, yeah, I, I drove by there, and it was just, again, just a big old subdivision now. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, you know, where did, where did the old McClure path go? It's just like, it's crushing to see unnecessary overdevelopment mm-hmm. uh, in in places like, you know, this small town of Ridgeville right. where I live, um, and it's, and it, it but it's, at the same time, it's hard, you know, you talk to farmers, and they're like, I've talked to some farmers before, and they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, legally we're not not allowed to sell this land to a developer. They're like, but wouldn't that be nice? No, oh, really. Because it, farming is hard. Yes. Yeah. A lot of farmers just break even every year. Right. Uh, enough to like get themselves by, but it's grueling. Five a.m. to eight p.m. work every day. Uh, these these guys and gals are just, you know, killing themselves with hard work. Yeah. Or a developer comes by and says, I want to buy payday, yeah. t- one acre from you for a million dollars or some right. crazy shit, right? Like, no, I can they're just like, off. Yeah, they're just, like, <laughs> they're, they're just begging for that. Yeah. But, um, but you know, so it's, it's really, I think it's really hard for a lot of people to like mm. say like, well, I mean, there's some brave souls out there. Like, I don't want to sell my farm and I never, I never will. I know guys mm-hmm. like that. And like, I'll never do it. And uh, this is like what my family's going to do, my kids are going to do, and their kids are going to do. Mm-hmm. But it's just hard because it's hard work, and there's a lot of competition out there, and prices are going down. And yeah, it's it's difficult for farmers and, and people with land. I can imagine, especially when someone comes. But then it's like, okay, this guy comes in and builds, uh, you know, twelve houses and and makes a new subdivision or 12, mm-hmm. I don't know, twenty houses. I don't know how how it works. They're all cardboard cutter homes. They all look the same, and uh, and then people move in yeah you know it's like it, it happens it's like it's not like they build the homes and nothing happens like people move in yeah it's like the housing market around right here right now is a nightmare because uh i don't know if it was because of this pandemic uh this virus or whatever but uh you know it's like a house goes up for sale uh a three hundred thousand dollar house goes up for sale yeah for five hundred thousand right and sells for seven hundred thousand yeah and it's just like that's how it's happening because these people are coming in from toronto to get out mm. of the city uh, they, you know, their work. They sell their home in Toronto for five million. Right. Come down here, buy a cheaper home, and live off of it. But it's pushing people around here who can actually, who can't afford those expensive mm-hmm. prices. They're forcing them out to smaller towns or right. further away. And it's just, uh, I have friends moving out to Manitoba because they're like, Ah, Niagara's the new Toronto. I can't do it. Right. And it's, it's just sad to see like a lot of people almost in a way being forced out of their homes because, yeah. uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot worse than a lot. Uh, a lot of other places on this planet but mm-hmm. um, uh, you know my complaints seem trivial to like what's happening in other places but it's just kind of but it it's still sad to, it, it affects affects it's all. sad to yeah. see you know like I would I would be mortified to you know say the person who owns that cherry orchard there was like I sold it yeah and it's like okay now there's six houses right six, there and you it's got, like now you have six more neighbors and so uh, one yeah, yeah. yeah it's really sad yeah yeah and I, I hear you I mean very it's funny everyone's situation but even me like even all my my friend I'm where I like, I'm, I'm trying to have, like, none of us are remotely close to being able to buy property, you know? Like, yeah, oh, that's just, like, that's uh, me too. I mean, I play music. Like, two million dollars? Like, well, who I, has two million dollars at like, 21, I, you know? <laughs> I, I play mu- I make songs, I, yeah. make, I make music, I sell vintage clothing, and I take up part time work on local farms. Yeah. I could not afford to buy a home around here. No, like, you know, it's, like, it's, it's like I can afford yeah. to, I, we, we rent this farm, right? So yeah. we, we pay rent here, and, uh, and this is it. Like, this is like, if they were like, "Oh, we're selling it. You want to buy it?" I'd be like, I can't. Yeah, it's just not happening because I, I work, you know, essentially three jobs. Three I mean, jobs. I'm happy yeah. with all of them, and I'm not yeah. complaining. I enjoy. It. I love it. But, but that's what it uh, takes. But it's yeah. like you know, and that's like that's getting us by. So yeah, kind of stuff there. But it's beautiful out here. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Doesn't surprise like all my friends now having the same like you said, move out 
you know, they can't be where they want to be just because they can't afford to live there now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is there, whenever you're out, it, uh, like, I'm sure you've had this feeling before, and this is completely off topic, but right. when you're out, when you're outdoors in the cold, mm-hmm. and and you're sitting around something warm, yeah, like a fire or this propane heater here, yeah. You just feel kind of drunk or something. <laughs> it's like my face feels like I feel like I, I could hope that's not the gas. Maybe, maybe there's a leak going on, but I feel like I could just go to bed. You know, I was like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, I was like, Whew. you know, what? I've always wondered if anyone that I've interviewed, yeah. or like in an interview, was high in the middle of it, or like how high they were. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, maybe this is one where the first time we'll both be high. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, despite all well, the all the buckets of discarded marijuana plants that yeah, you see yeah. kicking around, I am not high right no, now. No, no, but I mean from the fumes we could. Uh, oh yeah, the old the old propane high. I've had a few <laughs> a few characters where I'm like, I wonder how intoxicated or how yeah. much substance is inside you right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying there's probably not something inside of me. <laughs> just from the way I But live. usually, I mean, right now we're a little more chill. A lot of times, you know, a year ago I was doing interviews pre-show, right? Right. To, you know, and I've had a few kind of like 80s badasses or whatever that are... Oh, yeah, just like more cocaine than blood probably in their system. More blood, yeah, yeah, than blood inside them. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, I know the type. Yeah. Never been the type, but uh, I know the type. Yeah, so that's something I've, I've never done. That, not I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I've never done cocaine. Okay, it's not my thing. Okay, not my thing. Never done it. Don't, it? don't even, don't even. I mean, devil's at. I've never done it myself. Yeah. but I just, I got a lot. I get excited. Was there a line that that's like, okay, I'm not going. I'm not. I'll try this and this, but I'm not trying that. Well, I've or, seen like a couple guys who did it. Okay, so and I was like, I don't want to do witness. that. I'm not yeah. interested in that. But uh, you know, I've done other stuff, so. I've always been naive. I used to work in advertising mm-hmm. before this, and uh, I've always been naive to it happening. Apparently, I've, I've been places where sometimes even even my old the store that I used to work at when I was a teenager, I heard years later that so-and-so was always high on yeah. whatever. Well, it's like, I was like, I didn't know. Like, I, didn't well, know. It's like I thought s- that was just his personality. My like, sister loves uh, loves smoking weed. Like a, like a lot. Yeah, I think okay. she, she needs it. I don't know she's never been medically prescribed, but yeah, but she smokes it, and uh, and I don't. Uh, she worked as a baker in a few local grocery stores for years. Now she just she does her own thing. She's self-employed, but uh, she li- worked as a baker in, uh, for years in local grocers, and and she was. I don't think she she ever went to work. Not blazingly high. Okay. And it was just. Her, I feel like that's dangerous working in a bakery. Yeah, like, but you know what? Do we get the munchies? But I think there's. Well, <laughs> eat but all the, I think there's eat certain all the people though, where it's like when you kind of need it. it right. Just, like, it's like it's like you'd probably be weird if you weren't high. You know. Right. So it's like, Which that's is like, that's where that's, that's where you that, have that to was start, her that was the concern I guess. Comes. Yeah. She's like I'd be she's like I'd be I wouldn't be able to go to work I'd be weird. And I was like yeah you're right. I think she did say she went to work not high once, and then someone asked her if she was high. <laughs> that was, I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, she didn't know. How, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> these are these these first singles. Yes. Are the first singles on this new label, Still Records? Right. Which, which is, is Dallas si- Green's record label, yes, my, City and Colors. Yeah, my friend Dallas Green's yeah. record label. So sister, t- sister label to Dine Alone. Is that what they call it? Sister Di- label. Yes, I guess. Dine I guess Alone so, is yeah. who I was with for years before that. Right. Um. But yeah. So. Um, very happy with the the move though. Not that I didn't love Dying Alone records with all my heart, but um, it was just 
Does it feel now like you're you're working with a buddy? Like it feels that- now that I'm part of something a little, a uh, little quieter, and a, a little more, uh, a little quieter and a little more. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Tight. Okay. You know, Dynalone Records was like that for a long time, and and then bless their souls, they just. They've gotten very big, okay. You know, and they've gotten a lot of really big artists and a lot of different artists. Right. The word eclectic, you know. So it's like you got uh, you got heavy metal and rock and folk and mm-hmm. pop and all of these different uh, genres of music. Where uh, uh, as um, and I'm I, would, I I don't really know what to consider myself, but people have seemed to like to lump me in into the folk uh, country Canadiana category. I'm not sure if Canadiana is even yeah. a category, but that's what they seem to say about me. And uh, and now it's um, with with working with Dallas on Still Records. It's it's myself, Dallas, uh, Ben Rogers, and uh, somebody I haven't met yet. I can't remember her name, but some, somebody I, I haven't mm-hmm. uh, I haven't met. But that's just I can count that those artists on my hand, right. and I love that. Yeah, you know, and it's, you have and all their phone numbers in your phone. Or it's, and yeah. it's like like I said, I've never met this. The, uh, the one person, but uh, you know, I met Ben, and I've obviously known Dallas for a very long time. So. Um, you know, like when I met Ben, I was like, what's up, man? And yeah. we were just, we were kind of buddies and we chatted and we had a good time and he's got friends out West that are friends of mine as well. And, right. you know, it all kind of comes together and it's like, I could see myself, you know, hanging out with these guys yeah. and then making music with them. And and feels, these guys and gals and stuff. Right. And it's, it's, uh, it just feels good. It feels yeah. good to be some, a part of something a little smaller, to be honest. How did you, I know, I know you toured with City and Color for a little while. Oh, yeah, years ago. Like, in the in the band, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Years so how, ago. how did you at first get connected with Dallas, and how did that... Well, he was, yeah, is, was in a band called Alexis on Fire, which yes. is a very popular uh, heavy rock band <laughs> from Canada, yeah. And uh, and then uh, I was in a band uh, with, actually, the guy who I just was talking about before, Dan. Yeah. Uh, him and I were in a band called Attack and Black. Yeah. Dan lives in the front half of the house. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. And, um, and so... Uh, uh, we were touring with Alexis on fire. It was, I think we were. It was European. We were in Europe. We were going for a walk in Dallas. Took Dan and I aside for a little stroll. He's like, "Hey, I want to start playing with people. If you want to be those people." And we're like, "Yeah, sure." So we did that for a couple of years, and then uh, you know we stopped and started doing our own thing. And then that, which was Attack and Black, and then that thing stopped. And uh, then we all started doing our own thing again. You know, it's like mm-hmm. um, very proud of all those guys that I was in a, in a band with. You know, Ian Kehoe is. Uh, putting songs out under his name, Ian Dane mm-hmm. Kehoe, and they're like, I mean, the guy puts out like just like record after record after record, and they're all incredible. Uh, Ian Romano, he's producing uh, and engineering records. He's playing in like a million different bands, punk bands, folk bands. He's like yeah. doing all this. He was, he was a drummer. Uh, Dan uh, is also like an incredible uh, musician, singer, songwriter. I think, I think this year alone, he's put out nine records. Like the guy is wow. just like a, it's a maniac. So. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, we stopped doing one thing and we all just kept doing another thing. Another thing, yeah. yeah. So, when you were, when you were working with, doing more alternative kind of stuff, I guess, was it kind of always an itch you had to write this more, quote-unquote, Canadian, like, folky, country type of stuff, or did it kind of just... No, I think it's just, uh, like, you just grow. Like, yeah. Like, there's, uh... You know, you just you, I, I I don't think about like, oh shit, I should start making music that sounds like this, or like I've always right, wanted right. to do this. It's just kind of like, came. like yeah, like my I think just like anybody who makes music, uh, life is my you know biggest influence or whatever, right? So it's 
um, it just kind of happens. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's songs on this uh, of, of these. I think the two singles that I've released are, although they sit nicely together, I I think that they can sit alone as completely different things as well. You know, like Further's yeah. got one type of vibe, and Memories is another vibe, and uh, we're releasing a single. November something or other. Okay. And uh, and that's a completely different vibe from those other three songs. But or three are songs, you, but they are you guys nice. working towards putting an album together? You're f- with. Can't um, remember from when does this podcast come out? This will come out in a week or two. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think I think that's when I I'm allowed to announce the fact that we're putting out a record. So okay. I think in a week or two with the next single we'll be releasing. Um, so when this comes out, it'll be now, I guess. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> we'll be we'll be announcing like a record as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that'll be your first with with Still Records. Then. Yeah, yeah. Very, Very excited cool. about that. Very cool. Do and do we know when the, the record will be coming out? Or um, do we have an idea? I, I don't yet? think we have like a firm date, but it'll, okay. it'll probably be like early twenty twenty. Okay, they were supposed to come out already. But, right, uh, but you know things happened in the world. So of course, didn't. yes, yeah, yeah. Everything seems seems delayed. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I found like, and I mean it's, uh, you always. I mean I guess right. It's more. I, I I found out there was a lot of music that was kind of and like everything delayed and stuff and now there's tons of songs or songs coming out that you can tell are like pandemic related oh god that's not for me i know (laughs) sometimes and sometimes it is a little i know actually one that i listened to and i was like i get it but it's it it comes off really like corny and cheeseball like bon jovi just released a song didn't he put out that is just like completely uh a covid related and and it's got a catchy chorus and stuff but there's some lines in it that i'm like it's just terms straight out of the news I, I talked with a, a friend of mine who's an interesting fellow he's in his 50s yeah just yesterday yeah he's in his 50s he's uh he's autistic and he's he's very 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 much into buying every single album that ever comes out ever oh his, wow his okay cds only uh his cd collection is monumental but he yeah. calls me he's been calling me two or three times a day um <laughs> for the past you know 15 years and uh and we chat uh, he's a good dude but uh, he was telling me, and I don't know if this is correct or not, but uh, he bought Bon Jovi's new album, and it's called 2020? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay, think so. cool. I, I think it, yeah. Uh, is that, no, I think it's, is it called 2020? Oh, maybe, maybe he was, I thought he said it was called 2020. I was like, that's, an, that's interesting. Yeah, which I think, it was supposed to originally come out, I think, in like April. And I don't get me wrong, I, I, I mean, I love Bon Jovi for what he's done. Yeah, yeah, and, oh, sure, uh, but yeah, I think it. I think you're right. I think it is called 2020. But I think it might have always been planned to be called that. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah I don't I, know if I, that I, is. But I was like, this single that he released. I was like, I mean, if their their album was originally supposed to come in April, there's no way this single was written. Then. Right, right. <laughs> That's the thing. It's, it's um, yeah. It, it, the whole COVID-related music thing makes me laugh. I mean, that's to say that, like, I've, I've, I think I've dabbled in a few songs. Like, I've heard like a few COVID-related songs and yeah. just like turned them off immediately. Um, but that's not to say like one's not going to come out and I'm gonna be like, oh shit, yeah, COVID song. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I mean, I get it. You write what you feel, and this is definitely what everybody's feeling right yeah, now. And yeah. Um, but, but the um, but didn't like like two. I didn't listen to it, and I I'm not like I didn't even pursue it to know if it's true or not. But did did uh, Bono not put out a COVID song like a week into COVID or something like it? Oh no, really? Some maybe I'm wrong on that, but it's, I thought someone it's told like me that. Like my hero too. Um, uh, Bono's like yeah. You too is my. I'm a huge YouTube, oh, okay, but it's cool. Irish. I mean, I get it. I mean, bon, Bono is like probably the person well, I'd well, want to interview that... the most. But I, I get people's 
the fact distaste that you, for yeah, Bono. The fact but... that you don't know if Bono put out a COVID song maybe means it's not true. Well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe oh. I don't. But I, I'm not. I'm, I'm there. I'm a big fan. It doesn't mean I know everything. Oh, okay, right, everything right, yeah. the guys do. But yeah, I'm uh, a big fan of trees, and I don't know everything. Right, about trees, right. That's right? it. Yeah. That's it. There is there. The one that I found hilarious was Blink One Eighty Two put out a song called really? Quarantine, oh. and it was so on the nose, like it was. But it was like it's it's Blink One Eighty Two, and that it's go- so corny they're that goofy, it's goofy, right? Like that's, that's it. It's like, so corny that like the chorus is just like f quarantine and yeah, yeah. all the like <laughs> yeah if you if you try to i think that's the key maybe like you can't put out like a yeah you can't put out like a heartfelt we are the world quarantine right story, right it's just gonna be not good yeah yeah maybe a little maybe a little bit. maybe you're right maybe know. that's the key is, is take it so unserious that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um one other thing i found uh kind of intriguing and, and uh you know asking someone about the name is always like the first journalist no-no but one thing I found interesting that you put out a couple albums under like solo albums under a different name The Grey Kingdom Mm. but then came back to using your own name and so I was wondering if if was there uh, a reason you didn't want to use your own name originally or I don't know you just like that name or it was um, you know I had a Just someone calling me, telling me the undercoating on my my vehicle is done. Oh, I'll go pick that yeah. up later. Um, no, with the uh, the Great Kingdom moniker. To be honest, I was kind of new to the whole solo right. album venture, and someone told me, maybe someone from a, a record label had told me, like you should really go under a moniker. I think it's it's, okay. it's just what you're supposed to do. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll do that. And then I had a few names like always kicking around for bands and stuff mm-hmm. in my day. So I uh, yeah I just I just went with Great Kingdom. I thought it suited the music nicely, um, but uh, over the years I realized you know like I guess like you said people's musical styles change and mm-hmm. uh, over the years my music was changing and it was becoming a little more personal and uh, and you know all all of the people musically that I looked up to just you know, went by their name. Yeah, like, I love old folk and country music, mm-hmm. right? Like. John Denver. Yes, it's John Denver. Yeah, Willie Nelson. It's Willie Nelson. Don Williams. It's Don Williams. You know, it's just like I like I like these artists. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, they're not. They don't got weird names. It's yeah. just the, the, their name. I guess sometimes it's like a fake moniker name, like Conway Twitty or something. But right. Um, you know, it's it's just their name. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll just go by my name. Mm. And I did. Huh, interesting. I just found out in an interview just now that David Bowie wasn't even that wasn't even his name. Oh no. It was actually and maybe this is why, his name is actually Davy Jones. Oh yeah. Which I'm like maybe he just didn't want to be associated with a pirate. Similar. Yeah. I gotta start telling but. people that Spencer Burton's not my real name. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll, I'll tell them something really bad, like I'll have like a really crappy name. Yeah. Like Adolf Dong. <laughs> so yeah, it couldn't go and by you, that. No couldn't one use that. it. Couldn't yeah. use it, yeah. Couldn't use that one. Yeah. But yeah, I learned that on the way here in a podcast I was listening to on the wow. way here. What yeah. kind of podcast do you listen to? Uh, I actually, to me, I listen to a lot that are just kind of like my own. Oh, like cool. ta- I like talk shows, stuff that with people that you kind of would like, kind of like to hear the person behind the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love Conan O'Brien's. Okay. Um, great. It's one. It's hilarious yeah. for one because he always has other funny people, okay. and you kind of get to see their humor, actual humor. Oh yeah. So it was actually one with Ricky Gervais, oh, and he's Ricky, very funny. Yeah, and Ricky Gervais became good friends. They were talking about meeting your heroes or whatever, and if, if that ever. And he was just talking about how him and David Bowie had just become like two two buddies. Wow. Yeah, and like, the person that is, yeah. And so, I think he was he was saying how uh, you know when Bowie turned 
57 or something, he had sent him a message saying, happy 57th, time to get a real job yet, or something like that. <laughs> and Dobie, <laughs> Bowie wrote back, uh, I have, he goes, I have a real, I have a real job. It's David Bowie, rock god. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so which, yeah, I thought it was, and he was like, I thought it was hilarious because here's David, David Jones taking the piss out of David Bowie. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I like that. So, anyways. Um, one other thing that I, I picked out that was interesting was your, your last actually full record, uh, The Mountain Man, was oh, a children's album. That was for the kids, yeah. Yeah. So what, what made you decide to do, do something like that? And Well, I had, I had been reading a book upstairs mm-hmm. um, on bushcrafting, actually. I do love the outdoors. So I was reading a book, and, uh, and I heard my kids listening to music downstairs through the stereo. Mm-hmm. And I thought, my kids, it was the first time my kids really, like, were like, listening to music, like, because mm-hmm. I heard the TV wasn't on, they weren't really screaming or fighting, but there was music going. I heard a bit of, like, bouncing around, I was like, they're probably dancing. And I was pretty excited. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, my kids are getting into music, they're mm-hmm. enjoying music. So I went downstairs, and as I got downstairs, the music was becoming louder and louder, because I was getting closer to it. And I realized that what they were listening to was absolute horseshit. Okay. So I was like, oh, this is not good. Yeah. So I got to, you know, talk, like, you know, it was like... I can't remember uh, what song it was exactly, but it it was basically like it was it was music that was very uh, exciting and fun to dance to, some some kind of modern pop song, right? Uh, but the content was something that kids shouldn't be listening to, and I've noticed that with a lot of music these days, it's right? Like, right. It's like see, like you know, like I think uh, man, my daughter, ten years old, was singing that. Uh, what was she singing the other day? By um, I think it's Cardi B. She was singing the wet, Wop. the wet, the wet ass pussy song. Yeah, yeah, yeah so right. I was, was gonna say, and she, was that was like, she wasn't one. saying the right words, but she yeah. was singing. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it was like something along <laughs> the lines yeah, of yeah. that, right? I mean, great song, but, uh, <laughs> but just not, not for not for, for an eight year old. Yeah, yeah, not for an eight year old and a five year old. But uh, so I went. I heard that they were listening to that, something that wasn't that good, and I was like, oh, you know what? I should probably try and write them some songs. Yeah. So I did, and I wrote them uh, a bunch of songs with. Uh, the recurring theme of the album is the outdoors because they also too right. love the outdoors so you know I wrote with the mountain man and I love the water and uh, buzz 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 and these fun kids songs and uh, to be honest they were at, at the time I think my wife at the time my wife was running a home daycare okay. when I wrote these songs so it was like you know I performed them for so like, my kids, kids and I performed yeah. them for the other kids and you're uh, on a focus group yeah, I was just like <laughs> testing them out. I was like, yeah. these cool guys. But really, it was just for them. It was never meant to leave the house. And uh, and I did something. I don't remember. I posted something online about it or, or did like an Instagram snippet or some mm. shit like that. And some of the label was like, oh, my God, dude. Can we record? Like, you want to record those and put them out? And I was Interesting. like, oh, okay, cool. So then, you know, I went into the studio with the guy I mentioned earlier, Ian Romano, a friend of mine. And we went to his little studio. And we just, just him and I and his father... Uh, David uh, recorded I think like six or seven kids songs that I had written and we put it out and it was fun and the kids dug it and you know just like anything I'm pretty sure they're over it now because it's been a while but <laughs> um, but yeah like they were happy and uh, honestly it was I was just lucky that the that Dynalone Records wanted to put it out because it was like it was a it was a way for me to get these songs even closer to my kids because right. it's a thing they can hold they can and actually, add. Yeah, yeah. There's coloring pages and stuff in it. It was super fun. But these songs were just initially written for my children. Never meant to leave the house. Interesting. And uh, and then, yeah, they did leave the house and then it turned into a worldwide phenomenon. Did, did your, <laughs> how did your, your fans react? Uh, I, did, I honestly, I think more, did, like, a more adults bought the record than 
than children right, did, right. or even adults with children. It's like I, I noticed a lot of people, uh, you know, in their mid twenties who don't have kids buying the record. They're like, I love this song. This is great, man. You gonna play this live? And so I was like, you know, these are kids songs. Yeah. Right? I mean, like I'm flattered, but they're for yeah. children. And that was the other thing too is, you know, I did want to write. Uh, uh, when it came to like studio time and me like realizing I could record these, I did want to write some music that was like children were able to listen to, but also at the same time made parents not want to throw themselves off of the building. You know? Right, right. Because it's like, uh, you know, there's a lot of like, like what was the one thing my kid was into for like a week? It was called Baby Shark. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, we all know what it is. I was just of like, course. really? I was like, fuck. Yeah. This is a nightmare. So, uh, I remember 102.1 The Edge had a, because I do some, I'm a photographer for them, but I was oh. listening one day and they were doing some kind of contest and it was like, if you won, you ha- you won like $5,000 or something. And if you okay. lost, they had some weird stipulation you had to do. Right, right. And the, that stipulation, the, that week was you had to be in one of their rooms at the studio for 24 hours listening to Baby Shark. Wow. <laughs> and it was like, was it worth going for the $5,000? I'd like to know what the contest was and what the, what the odds are. Of right, yeah. Like, was so, it like I eat? think it was a it was like a chance thing, chance okay, game. Like pick a, 50, pick a 50. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. I take that chance. <laughs> the end of the world. Yeah. But it's not like so, you have to eat four thousand cockroaches. It's like, uh, right. You, right. You can't do that. They were yeah. There were ones that were kind of like mild torture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to put three toothpicks underneath your thumbnail. Yeah. Three. Not quite. Not three. quite. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing that's going to seriously affect your health. <laughs> Although maybe it would affect your mental health listening to Baby <laughs> right. Shark for twenty four hours. But so did you? Writing those songs, was it, did it come, did you find it came easy or did you have to kind of like reinvent how you wrote music? Uh, it was a little weird. Yeah, yeah. You know, because, I mean, it was also <clears throat> writing, writing songs is, it's, it's weird. Like writing songs is pretty carefree. Right. Right. But there's also that thought in the back of your mind, like this could potentially be released one day mm-hmm. and people will listen to it. Yeah. And people will judge you. Right. You know, so there's, there's. If if someone making music out there doesn't have that thought at least once in their head, mm-hmm. or says says they don't, I think they're a liar. But with the kids songs, they were truly, honestly, only I ever meant for my kids mm-hmm. in the beginning when I was writing. Yeah. So it was like it was one of the most carefree experiences I had. It was like Interesting, there would be yeah. points where I was like, oh, this is cool. Oh, this is great. Oh, this is cool. I was like, there was never really like a ah shit. I should like scratch this out and like redo this part. I just like wrote them. And I right. Because like, like I was like, oh, kids have the attention span of a fucking fly anyway. So it's like <laughs> it's only gonna last. Yeah. You know. And I even, probably won't even make it to the end of the song. So it was just like this very fun uh, experience that was completely different than writing any other very song cool. I've ever written. That's cool. Um, there was one year, I, I think it was 2012, I went to Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember, there was this band from the 90s called The Verve Pipe. Oh, yeah. They did the. They had that one hit, The Freshman. Mm-hmm. So they were playing like at noon each day, every day of the three-day three-day festival yeah and uh they were always on at like noon like it was like the first the opening right of the festival and they're playing like the kids stage and so me and my friends thought hey you know what well you know before like the main stages start we'll go we'll get another band in we'll start at noon and we'll go check out freshmen we didn't realize legitimately they were making kids music now yeah wow. and there was probably about a dozen groups of people like us Sitting around confused, yeah. <laughs> waiting for them to play freshman. Yeah. <laughs> and really, but it was like, and it was like kids' songs that were like, why they call it a hot dog? There's no dog in it. <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I always like I always I, I had I had so I had done a couple of children's concerts after the release of that record. Yeah, like, do, like a few private events, a few little festivals and stuff. And I had always after doing those, I always wondered like you know, like Raffi and those dudes. Like, right? Was, is was it? Is there some like super? Like, is there a ton of darkness behind all of it? You know, like this Raffi get on yeah, this, right. like, all right, everybody, thanks so much for watching. I love you. And then stuff, he's like, where's the fucking cocaine? Like, he's just like super like, God, fucking, where's my assistant? Get the yeah. fuck out of my face. Like, just like super angry yeah. all the time. Like, God, I hate my massive rails. But, um, I mean, well, that's the thought. Who brings their kids to Lollapalooza? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I see yeah. That. You don't see that. But uh, maybe you do. Did you ever actually? Did you see the movie or, or documentary about Mr. Rogers? No, I did. Because that's, I guess, one person. People are like, "What do you like in person?" And really, he was just like this just very dude. kind, yeah. genuine. And it was almost like people found it so hard to believe that he could actually be that yeah. pure and gen- like right. genuine. Like, yeah. What's your mo- you know what's your mo- your motive here? Yeah. And really, it was just to. Just be a good dude. And put, yeah, and put bring good happiness to kids. Like, and that kids didn't, you know, a lot of, and he especially targeted kids that were having a hard time, or yeah. and would bring up topics that were hard for kids no, to a, talk yeah, about. He was, he was a good man. Yeah. Yeah. There's a. Uh, I've, I've been tempted to try and get my children to sit down with Mr. Rogers, one like one of these days. You know, like the television program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's funny. It, the, the attention span of the youth has changed it's so much. It's dated it's not, now. Yeah. It is. It's like. Like, I even watched some of it, and I was just like, oh, dude, come on, let's pick it up. But it's, like, it's because, like, you put on a kid show, and it's just like, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's crazy What's stuff, that? like, adult jokes that, like, kids don't understand. Like, over there, it's just, like, crazy, crazy, crazy. It's yeah. like, everything's just, like, really bright and explosive. And I'm like, Everything's oh my God. SpongeBob now, where yeah, it's just, like, like, always it's like, I hyper like I, Yeah, I felt yeah. like I was on crack or something. Yeah. Like, it was just so much was going on. I was like, oh. And Mr. Rogers is, like, five minutes of him putting like, on his yeah. sweater. Hey, like, boys and girls, <laughs> is your day good? Did you tell someone you love them? Like, that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah. That's what I want my kids to watch, but yeah. it's so hard to. Yeah, I can't even watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you gotta yeah. keep them just excited. changing his go, shoes go, go. and like. Oh. Going on. Well, that's that's what I I want in life. Like I, I could watch somebody slowly tie a shoe for hours. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is good stuff. That is really good stuff. Oh. Well, man, we're we've we've went a lot of time here, but one yeah. thing uh, we'll wrap it up on is now with you know with touring being out of the picture, right? Uh, for the next little while, anyways. What, uh, how has this year shaped your focus or priorities or goals for, I mean, you, you, we've, we've revealed you've got the album coming up, so. Right, right, there's that. Um, I mean, I, I honestly don't know what the future holds for touring. Mm-hmm. It could come back, it could not. Um, but in the meantime, um, I kind of just take uh, every day as exactly what it is, just a day. Mm-hmm. I don't think about the future too, too much, which I probably should, but. Um, we're very lucky here. We have land, right? Mm-hmm. We can grow vegetables. We can raise livestock. Um, we can be outside. We can enjoy the weather. Yeah. And uh, you've got space for your kids to play. Exactly. Yeah. And we can. Yeah. And, I, and I can write music. And it's it's that's you know I I, I can't complain. Touring's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. I meet great people. I have a blast playing live for people. Um, but you know. Whenever that happens again, I'll be all over it. Yeah. Um, but it would have to be safe first, and not just for myself, but for everyone involved, right? Like, yeah. I would never want to put anybody in harm's way. So um, until then, I'll, I'll probably just be here uh, 
digging holes in the ground and pulling <laughs> potatoes out. And uh, and then and the album will come out. It'll be called 2021. Yeah, and 2021. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be about songs about yeah. customers not wearing masks right. in the store. Yeah, all, all, all COVID-related. Uh, <laughs> featuring Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi and Bono. Track. Yeah, bon and Bono. Bono. They're both on there with me. Yeah. And we're just going to bring some really, the, <laughs> really heartfelt, emotional songs about... Uh, well, I see. You know what? I see Travis Barker always doing songs with people nowadays. So maybe yeah. you can get Travis Barker to do yeah. a drum track. Oh, just super rocking. Yeah, <laughs> just, just no, like so keep many it really folk. Yeah, but just have super fast drums in just the back. So many drums. I got plays. <laughs> I got plays a lot of drums. It's true. At least I, I, I'm a drummer too. Yeah. And uh, I mean, think? I have to say, it's pretty cool. Like, there's fills in there that I'm like, how did he even like? Yeah. It, it is. It is cool. He fill. He fills the space. That's for sure. Yeah. I do, yeah. There's something nice about watching a musician and just thinking, well, that guy plays a lot of that. <laughs> that is a lot. He going plays on. the hell out of those drums. That's a lot going on. Yeah, it's ADD drumming. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, Spencer, thank you for Adam thank doing you. the podcast. Thank you for having me at the farm. Is your last name Antium, or is that just no, no, no? So my last name's Harrison. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, well. So adamantium is is a, is a, is a comic related. Metal yeah, it's a, un, which is un- I'm not a big comic nerd by any right, means right. or anything. I'm a big nerd in a lot of ways, yeah. but not. But because um, it's un- un- unbreakable. It's like yeah, you know when when the yeah when the when it when I first discovered it, I was I was probably already like like I said it wasn't a comic, but when I first found out that adamantium was spelt like the name Adam. I started using it. I was in high school or something, or and I was using it as all my handles or whatever because right. I, I thought it was cool. So when I created the podcast, people were like, "Yeah, you got to call it that." You know, even people were like, you, "And I, I didn't have a name yet." And I was like, "You know what? That doesn't. You know, it works for me." Hey, like and it, yeah, man. it kind of became a more than it is a comic reference. It kind of became a personal like right. admin. You're right. It's yeah. unbreakable. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it Hard kind, as it's what rock, made him firm. invincible on the yeah. inside. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's. Aces, man. Most, I would say, eighty percent of the people don't get don't get it. <laughs> well, I, I was, a bit, I was like a bit of a comic nerd. Or don't, growing not up, even. You know? I shouldn't say don't get it, but don't know the reference, yeah, which yeah. is fine. Also, oh yeah, I was a so. comic nerd growing up, so I, yeah, I just uh, not a lot of friends, but a lot of comics. What so. did you? I, I went through a phase of not necessarily comics, but like graphic novels, okay. where I read all the the main. I read Watchmen, and I read yeah. Dark Knight, and I read uh, V for Vendetta. Yeah, like I mean, like I grew up ones. like like specifically uh, like reading like from like the mid 80s forward like specifically right. reading like x-men and wolverine comic okay. books so i was like that's why i was like oh maybe he's like a comic guy yeah but um i do I, enjoy them i was yeah. just never uh a, like a collector by any means i think they're cool like as fuck i don't they are, i yeah. don't really read them anymore or anything I'm, i just don't have the time but uh I me too it. well i i was uh i did a lot of illustration so i always look i always enjoyed the art right. you know so yeah just yeah. read just read books now yeah books with no pictures there no pictures allowed <laughs> pictures in my mind <laughs> Well, maybe next you can do a kid's book. Oh, that's, hey, a, that's a good idea. Yeah. A book that has music that accompanies it. Oh, like one of those, re- like little seven inches that used to come with the little kid's there books. There you go. There you go. You're thinking, man. You're yeah. Thinking. I might have to get uh, get some royalties soon. Yeah, so that's all you. <laughs> all right, man. You. Thank hey, you so yes. much. Great Cheers. chatting with you. I'll turn this heater off now. And yeah. I'll burn that jacket. <laughs> Adamantium.
Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.